0: Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker.
1: The Hunt Stand Podcast is brought to you by Matthews Archery, elevating the archery experience. I've been shooting the Phase 4 33 this fall, and that thing has been shooting lights out for me. And so much, I got my first out-of-state buck with the phase four and I got to go to Kansas this year, drew a tag and got it done on opening day with a beautiful giant velvet eight point with my good friend Cody Butler and we got it done with the phase four and I can't say enough good things about this bow. I love the deadly accuracy of the bow, the deadly quietness of the bow and the dead vibration in your hand when you shoot this thing. So if you're interested in learning more about the phase four 33, as well as the other bows in Matthew's lineup and accessories head to matthewsink.com. The Hunt Stand podcast is also brought to you by Yamaha Outdoors and their proven lineup of ATVs, side-by-sides and off-road vehicles. The Hunt Stand team has got the Wolverine RMAX 4 1000 XTR at our side this fall and we are going to be putting this thing to significant use from the deer woods all the way up to the elk mountains. If you're interested in learning more about Yamaha, head to yamahamotorsports.com/sidebyside so you can check out that Wolverine RMAX 4100. The podcast is also brought to you by Ten Point Crossbows, the leader in crossbow technology for over 25 years. The Huntstand Podcast is also brought to you by Moose Utility Division, your brand for all seasons. And finally, the Huntstand Podcast is brought to you by Savage Firearms, better comes standard. What's going on, guys? It's your host, Will, coming back for a new episode of the Stand Podcast. Today is launch day for Savage Arms, and they are bringing out to y'all an all-new lineup of rifles, dubbed the Climb Series. And so, I'm not qualified to talk about it, but I am qualified to ask questions about it. And so, we're getting Mr. RJ Contorno on here from the Savage team to talk about this. Now, RJ is involved heavily with product development. So we're getting him on here to talk about this and give you all some specs, information, features, updates, and all that good Raz and Jazz. But before we get to that, wanna make sure you got the HuntStand app downloaded. We got free, Pro, and Pro Whitetail. And right now through December 1st, you have the chance to save 50% on Pro or Pro Whitetail you can head down to the link in the description below to find out how to do that. And I will also have the link for the new series of rifles down below. So if you want to see those and check them out, you can head to that as well. And also we just want to thank all of y'all out there for the support of the HuntStand podcast this year. All the downloads and listens we've gotten from y'all are amazing. And so if you can make sure you rate and review the podcast, it really helps us out and just really appreciate y'all. And again, y'all, Thank you for tuning in to the Unstand Podcast, and here's our man RJ to talk about the all-new climb series from Savage Arms. All right, RJ, are you ready to get this thing rolling? Yes, sir. All right, well, RJ, it is officially launch day for the new climb series of rifles. So happy launch day, man!
2: Yeah, thank you. It's uh, you know been a long time coming for this for these two new rifles here, and uh, we're we're looking forward to getting them out in the field.
1: Oh, I imagine that HQ there's buzzing with its excitement, isn't it?
2: Yeah, we've got a. This is kind of tis the season, so to speak, for for product launches uh, throughout the industry. So, um, you know, Savage, we've got a, a bunch of stuff coming in the next couple of weeks, months, going up through Shot Show. So, uh, this is just one of the exciting uh, new platforms we've got.
1: Heck yeah, man! It's exciting time of year, and I've I've seen this stuff already. The new rifles, so. I'm excited to talk about it, but before we do, something i like to do before we get the podcast started, I'd like for the guests to give the listeners just kind of that, what I call the 30-foot tree stand view of yourself, so just tell us a little bit about what you do for Savage and kind of how you've gotten to where you are in life now.
2: <laughs> so uh, I've been at Savage for about eight years now. I'm senior product manager, so it kind of encompasses all the product that Savage puts out there or new stuff, well, you know, taking care of the existing stuff and you know the entire product life cycle so it goes from ideas on paper to the finished product kind of like what we're going to be talking about today uh i've been in the firearms industry going on about 15 or 16 years now uh so second main second manufacturer that i've been with uh but lifelong user firearms i grew up in the out in the woods so to speak in pennsylvania so you know firearms and hunting was kind of the lifestyle i i remember uh actually you know Right now we're recording this, uh, on a Monday it's the day after or the Monday after Thanksgiving back in Pennsylvania it was always a, a state holiday. It was first day of deer season. So schools were closed and everything. And that's kind of what I'm used to.
1: Heck yeah, man. So hunting's definitely in your bloodline. I can tell behind you, you got some pretty good trophies there. So you've been doing it for a while, huh?
2: Yeah, those, uh, the, actually those two are fairly recent, both, uh, came out of, uh Oklahoma, the last couple of years. Sweet, so they were uh, they were definitely fun trips. Uh, same deal, right? The weekend before Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. both of them. So two different years in particular. Well, heck
1: yeah, man! You got any good hunts planned coming up in the near future at all, or?
2: I don't, in particular. Uh, we're kind of closing out the year here. I know right now there's a couple of hunts that some Savage folks are on, mm-hmm. uh, right down in Texas and. Uh, a couple of over the last year we've been all over the world literally so these actually these these new 110 and impulse climb rifles have seen some service all the way down to New Zealand uh, wow. a couple of our folks were down there and that's they brought these guns down there with them
1: heck yeah man that's awesome well uh well dude let's let's get right into it let's talk about the climb series you know it's you know it's it's a build off if you will kind of my take of what I've seen, it's a build-off, like a big build-off of what y'all have already just been going and doing and, and just creating over the past few years. So talk about the climb and where it originated from and just let's get into it, man.
2: So the climb, we have two, two versions of this, essentially, mm-hmm. we can talk about them. They're same rifle, just two different platforms. So one's the okay. 110 and one's the impulse. So the, the 110 is that rifle we've had out for A long long time it's Mm -hmm. the longest continually manufactured bolt action rifle in the country serious yep yeah we uh it's been late 50s early 60s is when it debuted uh back for savage
1: i did not know that learned something new today
2: so it's uh it's something we're very proud of and Mm -hmm. you know over the years it has changed a little bit but you know really to follow the technology and and to upgrade it. So uh, 2023 is the 20th anniversary of the accu trigger, which really you know revolutionized the way triggers or factory triggers are handled. Um, you know, prior to that, you'd be getting a seven, eight, 10-pound trigger on a factory rifle. And then the accu trigger came out, and we're, you know, at the time there were two and a half pound triggers, so it was a huge wow. difference for the consumer, and and still today it's one of the safest, most ad- easily adjustable triggers on the market. And a lot of times folks don't even adjust them because they're just so clean and crisp right out of the factory man so okay yeah. the like i was saying the 110 a lot of technology that has changed over the years and really this is the this will be the first 110 rifle with a, a true carbon fiber stock so you know over the over the last few years we've been getting into carbon fiber some more mm-hmm. we had the, the 110 ultralight and the Impulse Mountain Hunter will say they're the sister rifles that we've had out for a couple of years now to these new 110 and Impulse Climb rifles. Yeah. So essentially, what we've done is there are some other things behind the scenes, but we've taken the stocks and gone from the traditional Savage Accu stock on the on the Impulse or the the Accu fit stock on the 110 Ultra Light and replaced them with a really you know, aircraft technology for the most part, mm-hmm. uh, carbon fiber, and, and these stocks weigh about 22 ounces by wow. themselves.
1: Shoo. Yeah. Man, 22 wow. that's that's pretty dang good. And I mean, I uh, took the 110 ultralight up in the mountains of Colorado and got this bull elk that you see behind me this past fall. And I already thought that was light enough. I mean, I say that. Uh, with a caveat, of it got heavier once you put meat antlers on your pack, right? But uh, man, that that sounds awesome. Well, talk about a uh, little bit more about that stock, because some of the pictures I've seen, it seems like um y'all going lighter, having a lighter stock now. Is it seems like y'all are going even further into the realm of going after that Western guy that wants to go in deep, long range precision. Talk to us about that.
2: Yeah, so this this stock, um, kind of like I mentioned, it's got some aircraft technology in it. The, the, the company that is doing these stocks is actually European, um, so their name is FBT, and mm-hmm. we're not trying to hide that or anything. They're just not in the US for the most part here. So, you know, they, they run a carbon fiber end, and we'll, we'll say the butt stock assembly, basically and that's where the huge weight savings is yeah. i mean just on those two pieces in particular i haven't taken one of these stocks completely apart you know cut it apart to feel those but i mean again 22 ounces for a complete stock now i mean so it's just extremely light and durable and it, they're really ambidextrous so on the like the impulse we have the bolt handle that you can swap from the right to the left hand side yeah. so the the design of it. It's a thumb hole stock essentially, and a lot of mm-hmm. times thumb hole stocks historically have been not very user friendly for you know if you're a left handed shooter or even a right handed shooter sometimes because the the hole where you put your thumb is a little snug sometimes and I've had that issue in the past. Where yeah. I pick up a thumb hole stock rifle and just put my hand in it and instantly put it right back down because it it just doesn't feel right. Yeah, I know and, what you're talking about there. Yeah and what they've done here is essentially just integrated a vertical almost you know a vertical style grip mm-hmm. and again to reduce weight just removed a whole chunk of material in the middle and because they're you know the this manufacturer fbt is working with the carbon fiber and that's kind of their roots again the the mm-hmm. airplane technology you know they were able to make this stock that's extremely strong yet lightweight and do it by removing parts of the stock that aren't really needed and with that thumb hole it's you know when when you see the photos and pick it up and hold it it's actually got a bit of a palm swell on both sides of the the, yeah. the grip there
1: i like that i like that i'm looking at the images of this thing right now and this is this is i mean this is gonna be nice for a lot of people heck i'm just thinking about going out west and everything with this thing i mean Good night. And I know Josh, our content director, he's already gotten to experience this thing uh, chasing after some pronghorn in Wyoming. And, you know, he was, he was talking to me, he's like, dude, you're not going to believe what they're coming out with this year. And you know, he's, we're both excited about this thing.
2: Yeah. And you know, part of that, you know, even we have a, a very easily kind of smart, simple adjustable cheat piece on that too. So, you know, you're talking those long range shots and everything, you know, Scopes are getting bigger. Mm -hmm. Those objective lenses, you know, guys are pushing the the 56 millimeter or whatever. So, one of the things that Savage has done for the about the last six seven years, we've had our Accufit stocks that have the adjustable comb height built in, so you can really get your eye behind that scope right where it needs to be. So, the design of this stock has an adjustable cheek piece, and it's just a push button, so it's extremely simple. Um, easy to manipulate again. A carbon fiber and three D printed materials on the inside there, uh, just to reduce the weight. on At least on that cheek piece, and and the three D printed materials is the thing I haven't really mentioned yet, and that's the really, really the neat technology on the the center section of the stock. Okay. As you know, as everyone knows, stocks today you've got your injection molded stocks, which are you know straightforward, uh, you know polymer material that is mo- injected into a mold and let cool. Then you've got your hand laid fiberglass or Kevlar or carbon fiber stocks, where you know it's you have a mold that you hand laid carbon fiber into. On this stock, the center portion, we'll say, is fully 3D printed. Man. So again, it's that it's the technology that we're trying to embrace in this, and because it's 3D printed, we can really hold the tolerances very tight. And just a you know quick story on here, you know everyone knows 3D printing, right? You can mm-hmm. go online and buy a 3D printer and print stuff in your in your garage or your basement or whatever. This is decidedly not that. So this is fully industrial grade 3D print that. Actually, when the first of these sample stocks showed up, our engineering department looked at it and said, Well, there's no metal pillars for the action screws. Yep. They're like, this stock's just not gonna work out. And you know, they inquire with the you know, head of the manufacturing company, and he's like, No, we don't need it because we can control the the density of the print material in certain areas to ensure that it's strong enough.
0: And they say, okay,
2: well, we'll test it because we have our standard testing procedures and and whatnot to mm -hmm. ensure the product we're putting out is is strong enough and holds up to what it's supposed to do. Well, without getting into the details and the numbers, this stock started to shear the action screws before the stock actually gave way under force where we had never seen that before on a on a stock before generally the stock starts to give way before the the steel action screws and, and the mandrel that we use actually give so when the 3d printed stock is stronger than the you know steel that's holding it in the test material we know we've got a pretty strong stock there oh heck yeah
1: Geez, yeah, I'm loving the just the look of this, and just the thumb button with the adjustable cheek plate and everything. Talk, talk about the carbon proof research barrel. Is, is anything changed with that at all?
2: No, nope, that's the same uh, proof research carbon wrap barrel that we've been using since the 110 ultralight came out, probably about four years ago. Uh, that program was extremely popular. You know, we, we sold the lot rifles with those proof research barrels. And, mm-hmm. you know, we really enjoy working with proof greatly. They're a great partner to work with. Um, you know, their their barrels are super accurate. Yes, the the carbon fiber adds a lot of weight reduction to them. But the big story on the, the carbon wrapped barrel is those barrels are actually more rigid than a steel barrel. And that's really where it, that's one of the things that really gets lost in the shooting industry when they start talking carbon wrap barrels, because mm-hmm. um, every the recipe for accuracy is repeatability, right? So anytime you shoot a bullet down a barrel, the barrel vibrates and there's harmonics and the barrel moves. So it's always how do you control that? So generally, you can either shorten the barrel, so there's less stuff moving right or you make it fatter right so a thicker barrel is more rigid as well so the shorter thicker barrel you'll theoretically get more accurate shots shot to shot to shot well not everyone can run a really short really fat barrel so one of the proof research is when you remove the material and wrap it with the carbon fiber that carbon fiber adds a lot of rigidity to that barrel and that's why accuracy can go up with that so about about last fall we had some actually when we launched the impulse mountain hunter mm-hmm. series kind of the predecessor to this with the carbon fiber barrel on it from proof research we had it out with the, some of the trainers at Loopold's facility out in oregon there and so these are the real world guys that are you know shooting for their living and had backgrounds in the military and such that, again, that's what their job was. Right. They they didn't want to send these couple of rifles back to us because we were out there with them. And, and now granted this, these were the first impulse mountain hunters we had at the time. And we had to get them out to other events and other hunts and shoots and such. And we had to promise them that we would send them new ones to re, to replace those that we didn't even intend to leave there, but they were like, all kidding aside, they go. These are quarter-minute guns in real life. So, Jeez. yeah. So that's that's what those proof research barrels and these full systems are really capable of. Um, you know, coming from from folks that had no skin in the game. Really, they didn't work for us. They were, mm-hmm. like I said, they didn't want to send the guns back because they shot too well.
1: It says a lot, man. That says a lot right there. Because I know when I get a gun that's just driving tax down range that's that's your go-to man you don't want to let go of it you don't so I definitely understand that now where you know how long in the making was this rifle was this something that y'all started to develop January time of 23 or is this like two three years in the making
2: um probably about say 16 months or so so it was like last fall we started seeing we started the discussions with uh, fbt on this stock mm-hmm. so we kind of got the first sample i want to say like october-ish so about a little over a year ago um you know and then because they're in europe there's a lot of shipping and you know export import controls that we have to go through we can't just put it in fedex and <laughs> send it to us like yeah. you know if they were out west or something in the us so it because of that, it took a little bit longer for development purposes, but you know, for the most part, the actions are fairly straightforward. Mm-hmm. So, the, the stock is the big thing, that's the difference. We do have a lot new, a lot of new upgrades, if you will, on the 110 platform that we can talk about. Um, you know, we're doing some new coatings and new bolt handles and all. So, yeah, these, these rifles the, the we'll get on to the, the 110 in particular. Um, because the Impulse already has a lot of this stuff. So we're kind of trying to match up to what we already had out there. So on the 110, these rifles are gonna be complete, the action will be completely coated in a Cerakote product called Blackout. So it's a very thin Cerakote product that as the name implies, it's all black. So it's a very um, deep, dark black finish. And we're doing it from the, the bolt assembly screw, the bolt handle, the receiver, the bolt body. And all the way up to the barrel we're not doing anything on the barrel because the proof research barrel stands on its own there right Um, but this blackout product is can be applied very thin and it has a, a high wear resistance and a and a very good resistance to corrosion so we're not really doing it for the corrosion resistance because the all the small parts on this gun the receiver the bolt and all that stuff they're all stainless steel so we don't need to worry about the corrosion resistance but it's the lubricity that we're really going for on this so when you're running that bolt it's nice and smooth in the in the raceway
1: Ooh, I like that I like that what other kind of, what other kind of upgrades have y'all made to it
2: so on, I mentioned the bolt handle here. So this will be the first time from a, a factory Savage rifle, we're going to have a threaded bolt handle. That's the, the industry standard 516 by 24 thread. So we're going to be shipping it with a really, again, lightweight carbon fiber knob on that bolt handle. If someone wanted to change it, they could, but it kind of fits the feel of the gun. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just the little touch that we're adding to the, you know, to this gun, giving people the option to run a different bolt knob if they want, but it's this really kind of neat carbon fiber ball on there, which when I had these, some of the prototype rifles of this out at an editor event in the summertime, mm-hmm. you know, it was really bright summer sun. And, uh, you know, one of the writers is like, why'd you put that big knob on that bolt there? I'm like, he's like, it's gonna weigh so much because he couldn't tell it was carbon fiber because of the way the sun was. <sighs> So I unthread it, and I'm not saying nothing to do, I'm I unthread it and drop it in his hand, He he's like, holy crap, <laughs> the bolt knob weighs like an, less than an ounce or something. Um, you know, So there's just some small touches there. Yeah. The bolt bodies themselves on the ultralight, one of the criticisms we had is they felt a little choppy sometimes because it was it was fluted to help reduce weight. So we've gone to a different design of fluting again we're doing the fluting to reduce weight but this new design increases the surface area of the flutes or of the actual bolt body that runs in the raceway there so because of that you've got more contact with the bolt body and the raceway at the same time so it's it's going to be smoother again adding to that nice slick feel of the bolt itself um, you know one of the things that we we haven't we're not going to talk about a lot, but these will all be running some new bolt heads for us as okay. well. So historically, you know, one of the complaints we've had over the years is that our bolt heads or our rifles in general tend to have some extraction and ejection issues. They're kind of weak. They're not the strongest. You know, the cartridge when you're extracting it and ejecting it, it just kind of flops out of the ejection port sometimes. So yeah. this has been a project more of almost two years in the making of getting the engineers to, how do we make this better? So, cause that, you know, one of our company, you know, taglines or mottos is if you will, is better comes standard. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to, we're really trying to push that across the board. And so here we have a new bolt head design that kind of simply has two ejectors in it. And we've altered the uh, spring rates on those ejectors and tweaked mm-hmm. the extractor a little bit. So the ejection pattern is greatly improved and the reliability will be improved greatly so um, we did uh, just a simple test on the bench and took a video of it sent it out to some of our uh, reps and our our folks here just to show them how much better it is we're using a 338 lapua just a headspace gauge so it's a solid chunk of tool steel and it probably weighs almost half a pound right so we took the original style bolt head and, you know, chambered the headspace gauge and then extracted and ejected it. And it kind of, it cleared the ejection port, but it just fell right next to the the gun for the most part. Mm -hmm. We put the new bolt head in there and did the same thing. So again, this is a solid chunk of tool steel headspace gauge and it flew, you know, probably a good three feet from the gun as it left. So, you know, just it's one of those imagine what a a spent shell you know a a smaller size that doesn't weigh much will do so we've seen great improvements there so these guns really should be more reliable um, we'll say than a traditional 110 and and that's something we're going to be running across the board as we get there it's kind of the baby step so it's not going to be exclusive to this gun or you know, the, some of the other new, new models we'll have out in the next couple months, but Mm. ultimately we'll be running that across the board.
1: Heck yeah, man. Heck yeah. Better come standard. Let's, uh, let's talk about the impulse climb. You know, we've talked about the 110 quite a bit, but uh, it sounds like there's not too much change to the impulse, of course, other than the stock, but are there any other updates, features to the impulse that for the, for the impulse climb?
2: Comparing it to the Impulse Mountain Hunter, mm-hmm. um, essentially it's it's the stock. We're also putting that carbon fiber bolt knob on there um, instead of the small little cone that's on the Impulse now, which I was surprised when we did that, just got some of the sample bolt knobs in and swapped it out. It changes the feel of that impulse bolt throw tremendously because with the with that cone, you really have to grab that bolt knob to, to open the action, it's a straight pole. So it's just straight forward and back, but you still have to grab something Mm -hmm. with that ball. What it does is it kind of gives you almost a 90 degree shelf to just set your finger in and the rest of your hand just kind of wraps around the ball, kind of leisurely, if you will, but that shelf gives you enough of a pinch point to just rip back and forth. So it'll actually be, I thought it was a bit quicker and the impulse is really designed for speed to, to work that bolt and, you know, it's one of those things like your head goes where your hand goes, right? So yeah. if you, you're pointing at something, your your eyes and your head tend to follow it. So that's the whole, yeah. one of the points of the impulse models is you can really spot what you're shooting at and, and spot your impacts much better than a traditional turnbolt because your hand isn't coming upwards and back and then forward and down. Every time you do that, your head wants to move with the impulse it's simply straight back and forth and you can really stay on the stock much better so and now that we're making it so you don't have to really grip that bolt handle bolt knob mm-hmm. too much you can just kind of get your hand on there and slap it back and forth it's it's going to go even a little bit quicker I like that. so and really on the impulse you know we're still trying to You know get everyone aware that you know it is an ambidextrous bolt handle so that can be swapped over from left you know from the right side that it comes from the factory Mm -hmm. over to the left and that fits with the stock design like we're talking as that ambidextrous kind of palm swell on the on the thumb hole grip there yep and there there's a quick release button on the back of that bolt handle or the bolt assembly itself so that's kind of a it's a bolt lock feature so we have a traditional two-position safety, so fire and safe. However, if you have a round chambered in that gun, you cannot open the bolt unless it's, one, either been fired, or, two, pressing that quick-release button on the back of the bolt. So it's kind of a bolt lock feature.
1: Okay, okay. Now, talk to, talk to the listeners a little bit about... On the end, or I guess you'd call it the bolt head or whatnot, y'all have got those bearings in there as well. Talk to us about that.
2: Yep. So those ball bearings are what we what we call hex lock. So hex lock. There are six six ball bearings in that bolt head. That lockout. Those those are the locking lugs, if you will, on the rifle. Mm-hmm. So the the easiest way to describe it is kind of like your quick detach air tools. Yeah. Right. Your, compressor at home. It's way more high pressure, obviously, Mm -hmm. because, you know, we're, we're talking or we're going up into the 65,000 PSI chamber pressure. So those bolt heads are, you know, a little bit higher pressure than your compressor at home, but essentially operate on the same theory. So you've got these six ball bearings that inside the bolt, is a uh, is obviously the firing pin, but then there's a plunger that surrounds the firing pin, and the plunger is what pushed those ball bearings out into a barrel extension. Mm-hmm. So barrel extension ideas is, is the same as like on an MSR uh, fifteen or MSR ten or whatever. Um, you know, the instead of the bolt going in and rotating a little bit, the bolt goes in and the balls push out, and that system has been shown to be extremely robust. So like we get folks at shows be like, well, they're ball bearings. What happens if one of them falls out or, or something like that? And well, again, our testing, we've actually fired that rifle in a 338 Lapua with one ball bearing and it has held. So it's not that it's going to fail if, if something were to happen to one of those balls or something along those lines. And just some of the other, you know, just to show how robust it is, that part of our testing is we'll try to blow a gun up, you know, whenever we have a new platform, a new cartridge or whatever. So it's called an obstructed bore test. So what you do is you plug the bore with something, you know, usually it's a steel rod or whatever it is. And in a controlled environment inside of a blast cage, you set a round off and what you're doing is you're trying to see what happens to the gun system if that happens, because it can happen out in the field, especially in a hunting situation, you know, say you're walking and you trip or something with the muzzle ends up in the mud and you don't realize it. And well, we want to be sure that the gun is still safe in the event of something along those lines. So some of the product testing, right? So one of the times that I witnessed it, we fired a gun that way in 338 Lapua and once we cleared everything we simply opened the bolt and the bolt came out like normal so it's those ball bearings and that bolt head and the, the barrel extension again it goes to some of the materials that we've chosen for those those components are extremely strong and robust so there's there's no issues with with that platform and it's it's easy to maintain. Um, that bolt head system in particular comes right off the bolt body itself, so you can clean it very easily. Um, you know, one of the features there we haven't gotten there yet, which hopefully will be very soon. You could actually change the barrels out on the impulse models with four bolts. And we're changing out that bolt head because the bolt head would be head spaced to the barrel system with the barrel extension. So that's something where we hope eh, we really got to kick the project off is to start selling some of these barrel conversion kits for the impulse models. So if you have, you know, let's say you purchase an impulse climb and 300 Win Mag and you want to have a 6.5 Creedmoor or a 308 or, or something else, you can simply buy this kit the barrel and a bolt head and possibly a magazine, depending on the cartridge you're selecting, and a couple bolts, change it all over.
1: Dude, that sounds pretty freaking cool right there. I like that idea. That's cool.
2: Yeah. No, it's, it's something that we've never really advertised it because when Impulse came out a few years ago, it was so popular. It was more popular than we had expected.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: We've still been trying to fulfill orders as fast as we can and we're finally getting to the point where we've got a little bit of breathing room on that so it's where do we go from there and those kits are, are something we can definitely be looking at in the near future here sweet
1: now one of the one of the things i do want to talk about is the accutrigger uh you know you talked about it earlier but talk about the the weight range of that trigger i think it, what is it one and a half to I think four and a half around that ballpark yeah it it
2: it can vary a little bit the minimums so we actually have a couple of different accu triggers across all the model lines so mm-hmm. sticking you know the impulse in particular we call it about one and a half to four okay and that is one of the weights we offer on the 110s and that's what we we run on a lot of the you know a lot the 110 climb will have that one and a half to four the top end is a little bit you know it could go four, four and a half, five, but honestly no one ever gets up there so it's one of those no one has ever yelled at us for saying ah, my trigger doesn't go up past four pounds because you know, everyone thinks a lighter trigger is what's better and within reason a lighter trigger is better but um really what the accu trigger does is it gets you a very crisp trigger and that's really what the important part is you don't want to be pressing that trigger waiting for it to break kind of deal you just want to You know the proverbial glass rod, right? You should be able to get on that trigger and it should just snap very, very crisply and cleanly. And that's really what the AccuTrigger does. So on the impulse, they're all that one and a half to, like I said, four, four ish pounds. On the one tens, in particular, we'll offer a two and a half to like six, a one and a half to that, that four pound. And then on some of the target very uh like very specific target guns like we have the model 12 f class and the palmas and whatnot we actually offer a six ounce trigger as well. Wow. So that's that's really we only put it on those target guns because and we actually used to etch a warning right on the receiver saying warning, you know, this is a extremely sensitive target trigger, you know, designed for target use only, because six pound or six ounces is virtually nothing. So Um, not, not exactly a hunting trigger in our book, but it's, it's, it isn't, it is available. And that's really the, the, what the AccuTrigger allows us to do. So the, what everyone knows is the AccuTrigger because it's adjustable. Yes, it's adjustable and that's a great feature, but it's only adjustable because of actually that little blade in the middle of the trigger. And on most of the models, it's that silver colored blade what that is it's it's actually a a passive safety so as you get a lighter trigger pull you have less engagement from between the sear and the trigger as that engagement goes down you have more i'll say opportunity or more chance of that sear slipping by that notch if you were to you know drop it or jar it or something And so what that blade does is it catches the sear from dropping the firing pin. And that's really the key to the whole system that allows the light trigger pulls. Dang.
1: Well, man, I'm, I'm excited to get my hands on one of these here before long, hopefully, but uh, tell the listeners if you can, you know, obviously y'all had the 16, 18 month lead up to developing this climb series of rifles Is there anything coming down the pipeline that you can tease before we go
2: Uh, there's there's gonna be a we'll say a sister type rifle to this on the 110 platform that i'm not gonna talk too much about it it's gonna be a similar weight just a different uh different type of stock Mm -hmm. you know i'll kind of leave it there and that particular gun we didn't do it on the climbs just because we happen to have one of these other guns there At the time, we threw uh, what would be, uh, I want to say it was like a loophole VX5 or VX6 at the time we had, and kind of outfitted the gun, so to speak. We even put a suppressor on it just and weighed everything, kind of like you might be doing if you're taking it out into the wild. And that other gun, and this one would be right around the same because this gun's actually a bit lighter, fully decked out, it was under eight pounds. So that's... A sizable scope now again you know a good scope, but yeah. not a little three to nine or a four to 12 or something these were either three to fifteens or. Probably the three to 18 vx six I don't recall which it was with rings, you know with the magazine, we didn't put ammo in it because we we're inside the shop here, but you know and a suppressor on the end of it we're under eight pounds so. Wow. And that's about where this 110 climb would be because, like I said, both both these platforms, this new one that will get announced within the next before SHOT Show sometime, mm-hmm. um, both come out about the same weights. Heck yeah, man. feature sets.
1: Heck yeah, man. Can't wait to see that one either. Well, RJ, man, I know we are just about out of time here. I really appreciate you taking the time to hop on and talk about the new climb series that's coming out and that people can get their hands on. And this is available now, correct?
2: Yep, so one of the things we've been doing, we're not releasing products to the public until we've actually shipped a certain number of them. Mm -hmm. So we have been shipping these for a couple of weeks now. I mean, they're not huge quantities because it is an expensive rifle, but there are some that will be out at dealers and distributors right now.
1: Heck yeah. Well, RJ, man, I really appreciate you hopping on today and talking about the new Climb series of rifles.
2: No, absolutely. I appreciate the
1: opportunity. Heck yeah, man. We're going to have to do it again on that new absolutely. one that's going out soon. All right, y'all. There you go. If you want to check out more on the new series of Climb rifles, head to the link in the description below. Thanks again for tuning in this week's episode of the HuntStand Podcast, and we'll see you on the next one.